Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Hey, uh, all of you, all of our campuses, all of of you watching online, thank you so much uh, for being here today. Listen, you know, sometimes every, every time I talk about money, I'm always asking, right? We're doing a Prosper Campus or we're doing a mission thing or, you know, some big thing. Today, uh, I'm not talking about money, but, but I just wanted to start by saying to, to all of you who were involved in giving, uh, man, just thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your obedience, your consistency. To those who believe in the principle of tithing and, and, and giving or even sacrificial giving, whatever you want to call it, um, it I can't tell you... Um, what it is that goes on behind the scenes, nine, over 900, almost 1,000 middle school and high school kids went to camp this summer. And I know that parents pay a ton of money for that, but you have no idea that we pay a ton of money on top of that. Does that make sense? So it's cheaper for all the kids. Uh, 2,500 kids at BBS or whatever that was, and, and mission trips that are going on right now for student ministries and for adults all over the world. Guys, I just want to say thank you for, for giving. It, it makes a huge difference, not just for the budget, not just for buildings, but for people and for what we do and, and all around the world and right here in, in our town and in your ministries um, that you're involved in, Regen and Reengage and children's ministry and student ministry and discipleship ministry and connections and, and, and care and counseling and all the stuff that we do. So thank you. Just wanted to say thank you. Start off with that. And, and just say, man, it's so, uh, man, I'm loving this summer series. How many have enjoyed Psalms? The, the, the whole, nobody? Okay, that's okay. I have. Uh, over the last few weeks, here's where we've been. Just catch us up because I've got a lot today, so I want to get right to it. Um, Psalms, this is the series, right? So week one, we talked about Psalm one, the blessed life. Week two, uh, Psalm 23, that's kind of a journey, our spiritual journey. It outlined that. Psalm uh, 103, Fatherhood and Freedom. Marcus did a great job. Week four, um, Psalm 51, Confession, Repentance, and Restoration. All the campus pastors did that. Week five was uh, Psalm 63, Satisfied. Uh, Week six, Psalms 69. I think Robert did that one. All the campus pastors. I can't remember now. But at any rate, week six, uh, last week, Zach did a great job. Zach Wright was awesome, man. Uh, The... Uh, unfiltered emotion. And then today, we're going to do Psalm 139. And I've, been, I've titled it, The Sovereign God. I don't know if you've ever studied or, or thought much about the sovereignty, the omnisciency, the all-power God. I mean, the, the, the part of God that, is, that knows everything. Sometimes it's hard for us to connect with that Um, because of the details. We'll get into that in in just a minute. But I'm going to give you the outline for today before I go to the outline. I'm going to give you Psalm 139. Listen, if you've not read that in a while, I like all these Psalms, right? I mean, I say it every week, every time I'm teaching, it's like, man, these are so good. Psalm 139, here's the outline that we're going with, with, with with the idea of that God is sovereign. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's, he's all-loving and all-powerful. Okay, so that kind of sovereignty. I want you to look at the outline. Here's <clears throat> where we're going today. Number one, the knowledge of God. That's verses one through six. Number two, 
<clears throat> the presence of God, verses seven through, through 12, excuse me. <clears throat> and number three, the love of God, verses 13 through 18. And then four, this is interesting, the complexity of God. Stay with me during that one, verse 19 through 22. And then five, the big idea. So the, the first four are describing the sovereignty, the, 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 the all-powerful, the all-knowing part of God. And then there's the big idea, I think, of our response to that. Okay, so in each of these, the knowledge, the presence, the love, and the complexity, I'm gonna give you what our response should be. Ton of scripture. So, um, you know, if you... If you take notes or have a camera or whatever, just, just do that. But let's start with the knowledge of God. Let's read 139, verses 1 through 6. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, and I've underlined how many times know or God is understanding of this. Or you can't, you, I mean, there's nothing hidden with God, all right? So, <clears throat> you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to under, understand. So when, when you think about the knowledge of God, and I'm gonna get to the response in just a minute, but, but the, 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 the part of God that knows everything about us, we sang a lot about it. What a powerful uh, song uh, time we had, I mean, just powerful um, words that we're singing to the Lord, and there's this understanding that there's nothing hidden. God knows everything. He knows your every thought. He knows what you're doing when you think you're hiding. He knows what we are doing, and he knows everything. The attitudes of the heart, the one thing that you put on the outside, the nice, you know, the nice, the kind, but on the inside, you're you're not that nice. Does that make sense? He knows that. And yet, we're gonna find out he loves us. Our response to this knowledge, so, so I don't have to go dive deep into that. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. God knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows the hair on your head, the numbers, or, the, or not. Some of, some of you. Here's our response to the knowledge of it's coming. There we go. No, no, no. The response. Give me the response. There we go. Our response to the knowledge of God is honesty. Just, just say, you know, when we were singing that song, uh, Run to the Father, and we were just praying there as Morale was leading us, just, or with the campus pastor, whatever, at your, I mean, the, the worship leader at your campus, we're, we're singing and we're, we're praying and we're saying, God, I don't want to run anymore. I just want to be honest with you. Hebrews chapter four, verse 13 says it like this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So 
there is nothing that you or I, we're, there's nothing we're hiding from God. Does it make sense? The, the, Adam and Eve in the garden, they are created in the image of God. There's a relationship there. God is walking with them. We don't, I, I don't fully understand how that worked, but we know that he walked with them in the garden of Eden. There, there was relationship there. What, what did they talk about? How many days did he, how many years did he walk with them? We don't know, but there's a deep relationship there that, that, is, that is happening. And, and then Adam and Eve, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's the tree of life. God says, don't eat of that tree or you will surely die. And, and, and so the enemy, you know the story probably, but the enemy comes and he tricks him. Hey, did God really say? And so the, the fruit must have been really delicious looking. And Eve and Adam both saw it and they said, man, we, yeah, this, we want this. God's hiding something from us that we need to know. And so let's eat. And so they ate. Now the rest of the story, Genesis chapter three. Let's, let's read. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord. You ever do that? Don't raise your hands. But you ever, do you ever think you do? We, we, I think we all do. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. When, when the Lord called to the man, where, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me, who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. There's some things going on here, and the, and the reason I read this is, is because I do. I, I think there's some there's some hiding because we feel shame. We don't want to be honest before the Lord, even though He knows, even though there's knowledge, full knowledge of what you're doing or what you've done or the past that you keep hiding or the sin that you keep hiding or that we keep hiding. He knows. But there's still that part of us that, that it's like, uh, you know, I, no, I just, I, I don't want to talk to him right now. Can you imagine, this is the scene, Adam and Eve, I mean, they knew they had disobeyed. They knew they had rebelled. They knew they had sinned. And so that's why they're hiding, because they're shame, they're shame filled. And that's where we are a lot of times in our lives. Before the, that, there's the reason we're not honest before the Lord. That's the reason we're not honest before our, our friends or for those that we're close to. That's the reason we're not honest with our counselor. If you go to counseling, because there's, th there's something that you're hiding from the Lord. And it's shame. The, the reason is shame. And then there's deflect. There's hiding and then there's deflect. We're good at that one too, aren't we? Well, the, the, the woman made me do it. And then Eve said, well, the devil made me do it. Does it make sense? And so what we do is we try to sort of justify, sort of like, well, you know, it's not my fault. She, she's the one who gave it to me. You gave her to me, Lord. So really, it's your fault. And then Eve is like, well, no, 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 it's the devil. The devil made me do it. And it goes on and on, that deflecting 
that blame, that hiding. And you just got to know, guys, whether you're in need, whether you're in sin, whether you're in pain, whether you're in joy, whatever the circumstances, nothing is hidden from God. He knows. Run to him. We sang that song, and I I thought of this first point. I thought, yes, run. And there's a couple of points here that that I'm going to repeat this again. Run to him. Run to him. Be honest with him. Lord, I've I've screwed up. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what this is going to where this is gonna go, but, but I bring it to you. I'm not gonna hide behind the trees because I'm naked and I'm full of shame and I'm deflecting because she or he or her or whatever. No, Lord, it's all there. You know, you know my heart anyway. You know the truth, you know the truth, the truth, the truth. I'm just gonna be honest before you. I need you right now. The sovereignty of God is not something to be scared of. The, the, the sovereignty of God is not something that we just, show, oh, no, I don't even understand that. I don't know. Because there's a lot of it that we question, like, well, if he's sovereign, why does he allow bad things to happen? I'm glad you asked that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the, the sheer knowledge of God, our response to that knowledge is, hey, I'm going to be honest with you, Lord. Here, here's where I'm at. That's that's the knowledge of God. The, the second, second thing about God in this text is the presence of God. Let's read Psalm 139, verse 7. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the Father's oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Our response to the presence of God is get close. You can't hide anyway. If I go to the heavens, if I go to the grave, if I go to the oceans, if I go to the mountains, wherever I go, you're there. You are there. This is part of the all presence of God. That, that part of God that is, that, is, that is just, you know what? He wants to be close to us. He created us for this. James chapter four, verse eight says it this way. Get close to God and God will close to you. Hebrews 4 chapter 14 says it like this. This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So listen, so let us get close. So let us come boldly to the throne of the gracious God. And it's not because we're getting close because, hey, look at my holiness. No, 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 no. I don't care what holiness you think you have. I don't care who you are in this room, me included. I don't care who you are. You don't have any holiness without Jesus. It's all him. So we're not, we're not coming to his, his, his throne because we, hey, look what I've done. Hey, look what I've got. Look what I achieved. No, we're coming to his throne where we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us 
when we need it most. So that's why we go to his throne. That's why we get close. We don't get close so that we can be super spiritual. We don't get close so that we can get something that we want. We get close because he's awesome. He's always there. So again, why run from him when you're messed up? Why run from him when your marriage is messed up? Why run from him when your kids are messed up? Why run from him when your business is messed up? Why, why hide and deflect and blame? Why, when you know that he's always here, he's with you wherever you go. So our response to that is we'll just get close. Lord, I wanna walk with you. I wanna walk with you today. Start your morning. I wanna walk with you today. Help me. Help me walk in your steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and he delights in every detail of their life. Psalm 37, another Psalm. He wants to be with you. Hey, get up and say, Lord, I'm here. I wanna be close. I wanna draw close to you. I wanna get into your word. I wanna get into your presence. I wanna enjoy our relationship and I wanna walk in the garden with you. Our response to that is, to his, his presence is, hey, get close. Don't get, don't get scared because you, you've got too much sin. That's one, of, that's one of the reasons we don't worship. Did you realize that? When, when we sing our songs, right? We're, we're singing and we're saying, run to the Father or we're singing that, that second one, holy. How many like that second song? And it's like, wow, I love that. He's holy, he's holy. And the reason we don't engage a lot of times, the reason is because maybe you were raised a different way and you just raised in a dead church. You don't know how to worship. That's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna apologize for that because some of you just raised in a dead church and you didn't sing good songs and you just, it, didn't, it didn't appeal to you. But another reason we don't worship is because we don't feel worthy. Because we know what we did, we know who we are, we know what we struggle with. Many of you are, 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 the enemy lies to you and says you're not worthy of this because you're struggling in this area, whatever that area is, whether it's sin, whether it's depression, whether it's discouragement, whether it's whatever, and yes, I'm not worthy and I'm just not gonna engage because, because I just, no, 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 no. Get close. God wants to be with you. He wants, and he knows your mess. The first part of that is he knows everything. He knows our thoughts. He knows our actions. He knows what we say, what we do, where we go. And then it says, you're everywhere. You're with me. You're guiding me. Do you understand what he's saying there? He loves you. And in fact, that's the third one. You ready? This is getting better and better. You guys are, I'm like fired up and you guys are just sitting there. Come on. All right, all right. The love of God. Number three, the love of God. Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. <laughs> Isn't that a true statement? Some of you are complex. Not me, but you guys. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. You don't, you don't think people, you don't think kids in the womb matter? And I know I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to be biblical here. 
You don't think people in the womb, you don't think little kids and the babies in the womb matter? God knows. God's forms in, in, in the darkness of that womb. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every precious, how precious are your thoughts? Listen, listen to this. Okay, so go back to number one. Not, not, not you guys. Knowledge of God. He knows everything. He knows what you're thinking. He knows the sin. He knows what you're doing. And then he's saying, I want you to be with me. I want to be with you. You can, you can run as far as you want to run, and I'm going to be there. And then he says, how precious are your thoughts about me, knowing who you are and who I am, knowing the hypocrisy, knowing the secrets, knowing the all of it. I know. God says, I know. I know. You can't hide anything from me. But I want to be with you. My presence is there. Even in your sin, my presence is there. And, and, by the way, how precious are my thoughts about you? This is God saying. They cannot be numbered. So I know this is poetry, but, but again, as the writer, how precious are your thoughts about me? I have four kids, two grandkids. And I know that everybody says, uh, the grandkids said, I mean, the grandparents always say, yeah, if I'd have known about the grandkids, I would have skipped the kids, you know, and I would I don't get that because I, when my kids enter the room, I know they're not perfect, but when any of my kids enter my office or if I see them at a staff meeting, if they're, if they're on staff, even my, 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 in, my son-in-laws, I mean, it, there is like, oh, there's, that's my, and I know them. I know my kids. I know they're crazy sometimes. I know they're, I know they're, and they know me, right? And so when I see them, and I know, I don't know everything because I'm not God, but a lot, when they were little, I like to tell them I did. Uh, I know, I, I see what you're doing. I always, I always do that to the girls. I say, hey, is there anything you need to tell me? Anything you need to tell me at all because you know I know everything. Huh? What? Right, okay, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, because, because the reason I said that is because when I see my kids, when I see my grandkids, nothing but love. I don't look at them and go, golly, good night. I don't look at them like that. Okay, exponentially more, how much more does God love you than I love my kids? And how precious are his thoughts? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still, you're still with me. Okay, Okay, so stay with me here because, because the, the response to this is you just, you just got to accept it. The response is acceptance. It's going to come, there we go. It, it's just like, okay, Lord, I get it. You love me. Ephesians chapter three, let's just read it quickly. And, many, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. 
Then you will be made complete with all the fullness. When you know, when we know how much God loves us, even though he knows us, even though he sees our stuff, he still wants to be with us. And he still, it can't even be understood how much he loves you. Some of you are here addicted to alcohol, and you keep saying, you keep saying, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Addicted to sex. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to stop. Addicted to uh, material things, like, like buying stuff too much. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do it again because I know. And, and then you, you come into a service like this, and, and it's, hard, it's just hard because you know you. You know you. And, and what you hear is maybe your dad or your mom's voice saying, what a mess up you are. Or a teacher or a coach's voice, what a mess up you are. A professor's voice, what a mess up you are. A boss's voice, what a mess up you are. And we relate those things to how God sees us, but scripture couldn't be any clearer about the opposite of that. Then you will be made complete. When you feel, when you at least a little bit understand how wide, how deep, how high, and how long his love is, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Listen to this one, Romans 8. Love this verse, you ready? What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but we're talking about love here again, okay? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God, himself, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us because of Jesus? Who can condemn us? Who can say in a worship service, hey, you're not worthy, get your hands down. No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. He's sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything, listen, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day. Being slept, he's talking about is, is the way he's ministering. But no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who, everybody say it with me, loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Death nor life angels nor demons, fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, the anxious generation. If you're an anxious person, I just want you to know, I want you to hear me. God loves you. Nothing can separate you from his love. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the gospel. God so loved the world. I, maybe you're here and you need to know that in, in your mess and in your thing, and, and it's, you, you just, 
you can't even begin to explain your life sometimes. And yet, he knows he wants to be with you. And how precious are his thoughts. He wove you together. And your complex, yes. And, and under complexity, there's a lot of little words that we could use. Weird. Crazy. Funny. Whatever. He loves you. Doesn't matter. He loves you. And our response to that love, I accept it. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know, I'm not going to fully understand it, but thank you. I didn't fully understand the love of God growing up in the church that I grew up in. I love my church. I'm so grateful for my church. But I understood the wrath of God way more than I understood the love of God. Does, does that make sense? And I was scared to death of it. And, and in some ways, it was a little good. Some of you need a little wrath <laughs> in your life. But, but I didn't understand the, the depths of his love. And, and I still don't. But I'm just going to tell you, if we, can, if we can inch up, inch up, and find out just how much he loves us, holy cow. Accept what God has done for you. If you're here today and you've never accepted God's love through Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, the gospel that he took your place, in other words, he died in your place for the sins, the mistakes, the things that we've done, he paid that price so that we could be reconciled, forgiven by the Father. And that's why we're loved so much because of what Jesus has done. And he, he sees you, listen, he, your mess, you, all you see is your mess. All you see is your sin. And I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning us to just go out and do whatever we want to because God loves us. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that in your mess and in your sin, God still loves you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, number four, the complexity of God. Um, let's go to, to scripture first and we'll, I'll explain. Psalm 139. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. How many, don't, don't raise your hands. Because I, I know the answer to this one. Some of us, we are like, yes, get them, destroy them. How many, you, you know we're all wicked, right? So when you say that, you're like talking about yourself. All right, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. Now the reason I call this the complexity of God is why, do bad, why does God allow bad things to happen? And that's a, a complex question. I'm not gonna try to answer that except to say it goes back to the beginning and, and the choices Adam and Eve, the first creation made, and, and we'll stop there, but the, the reality is that it's complex. The writer is like, man, I, I, I just destroy the wicked. I, I, don't, I, I hate this. I hate this, these people who, the complexity of God, our response to his complexity is this, it's trust. I don't understand the whys of bad things happen to good people or bad things happen. 
I, I mean, I, I kind of do in my head, but I, I'm not even gonna try to explain it to you. I'm just telling you that whether you're a believer or not, whether you believe in Jesus, follow Jesus, or you don't, bad things still happen. Doesn't matter who you are, bad things happen. Difficult things happen. Challenging things happen. Paul wrote it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go to verse seven. It says that, so to keep me from becoming proud, he was receiving visions that were incredible, and Paul was saying, to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. We don't know what that was, the, the thorn. These different, uh, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he says, my grace is all you need. How many don't wanna hear, how many, don't raise your hands, but how many don't like, no, I don't wanna hear that. I just want you to take care of the thorn. I want you to take care of the thorn. Get the thorn out. And the Lord sometimes says, no, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Again, I don't understand the complexity of God and, and why you know there's this part in this scripture where he's all-knowing, he's all-present, he is all-loving, and then all of a sudden, I wish you would kill murderers. I wish you'd just banish all, everybody. Destroy them. But, but I think it makes sense because in, in God's sovereignty, there's also this, in my opinion, the ability for us to choose. So we can choose to serve him, we can choose to worship him, or we can choose not to. And when we choose not to, bad things happen. God doesn't make bad things happen. The choice to not follow him is bad things happening. And so when we mistrust the Lord in our circumstance, when we take matters in our own hands, control, because we're like, oh, no, you know, no, 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 no. We, we're going we're gonna to destroy them all. We're going to take them out right now because this, because this, and, and we're fighting our battles in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And, 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 and in God's sovereignty, there is a part of this that is complex to understand as to why, why are you doing that? Why are you allowing this in, in our country? Or why are you allowing this in the world? Or why are you allowing this in my family? Or why are you allowing this in my marriage? Why are you, all those whys, listen, the, the, the answer or the, the response to his complexity is just trust. I choose to trust. I don't understand everything, but I choose to trust you because you're all knowing, because you're all loving, because you're all present. You, I'm gonna just trust you. You've got it under control. No matter who's president, no matter who's in control, no matter what the calamity is in the weather, no matter what is going on in the world, I trust you. Bottom line, I trust you. Now, the big idea of our response to his sovereignty. So when we talk about his, he's just all-knowing, when we talk about he is all-present, when we talk about that he is all-loving, 
and that he is complex in that, in my opinion, he, the complexity there is that he allows us to choose whether or not we'll eat. That's the complexity there. That I know people don't, I mean, there's people on both sides about the sovereignty of God, and they're like, no, 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 God preordained and pre whatever. Okay, it don't matter to me, but I'm just telling you, when, when we choose, and God gave us the ability to choose whether or not we would, dis, would obey or disobey, and still does, that's the complexity. And in that complexity, we just trust him. Lord, I don't know. I don't know why. I was, I was talking to the Lord today, driving. And I was like, what? why? I, I, why? Why? I just want this answer. I just want. And you know what I heard? Trust me. Just trust me. So the big idea, number, number whatever this number is, five? Yeah, the big idea. The last part of this chapter is here. You ready? Here we go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting Guys, I don't know of a better prayer. That the big idea that God is all-knowing, God is all-present, God is all-loving, and God is complex. In other words, there's things about him that we just don't understand. We're just gonna trust him. Okay, Our, the, the big idea is not, well, no, I need more answers than that, John. Okay, fine. God's not intimidated by your, your, your questions. But at some point, I'm hoping and praying that you decide to pray this prayer. Search me. Do you know my heart anyway? Test me. And he says this, know my anxious thoughts. I love Toby. Toby Slough came a few months ago. Remember Toby? Toby Gobi? Toby the Gobi fish? Anyway, dealing with anxiety all his life. And that's such a prevalent thing. And I, I love this passage of scripture that says, hey, you know, and you know about that, about me, right? God, you know that. I want you to search me because you know my heart already. I want you to test me and know my anxious thoughts, the, the tendency that I have to, to, to go inward, to recluse, to isolate. You know my anxious thoughts, Lord. Search me. Search me. And, and if there's anything that's offensive, point it out. How long has it been since we've prayed that? Lord, if there's anything, if there's anything in my life right now that is offensive to you, God, would you help me to see it? And again, some of those things are big, you know, they're obvious. Right? You don't have to have it pointed out. You know that what you're doing is wrong. But, but there's other little things that, that maybe are not so obvious, like disobedience to something that God's called you to do. Selfishness. Some of you, it's in the realm of sin. 
Some of you, it's in the realm of obedience or disobedience. In the realm of God asking you to do something in ministry. I'm not talking about paid ministry. I'm just talking about do something in ministry. And you're just fighting that to give and invest your money into his kingdom. And no, 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 I'm not gonna trust him with that. Okay, there's a lot of things. Here's what I want us to do. As, as we're just gonna sit here quietly for just a couple minutes. I know I ran over, forgive me. But just for a couple minutes, we're gonna put that scripture on this full screen. Search me. You know my heart. Point out anything that offends me. And lead me along the path. So I just want you to just sit. And I want you to close your eyes by yourself right now for a minute or two. And I want you to pray that prayer. It's going to be on the screen. Search me, oh God. In response to who you are, all-knowing, all-present, and all-loving, and all-complex, it's okay. I trust you. I accept your love. I get close to you. I'm honest with you. Right now in this moment, I want you to just sit before the Lord and say, God, search my heart. And then respond how how he tells you to respond. Close your eyes and let's pray. for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.